Broadcasting from the point where sports meets faith, it's Benson and those guys. Now here's your host, Benson and those guys on ESPN Rochester. Welcome to the program. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solution. The guys are all here. Not that that matters. I'm here. That's what matters. (laughs) It's not called those guys and Benson, is it? (laughs) You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, or find us on Twitter, at BTG Program. In fact, all the social media sites, Zach's got us signed up for this thing, that thing, and all kinds of things. The show's also available on podcast. You can see our website. Find us on iTunes. What a crazy week this week in sports. College football was especially nutty. Mississippi State, Mississippi, both moved into the top four, tied at number three. What are the chances of that? The two Mississippi schools tied at number three with upsets over Texas A&M and Alabama. And, of course, today Mississippi State has to play number two Auburn after their emotional win after uh, beating A&M last week. That's going to be tough. You come off that win, and then you got to face number two, and in my mind quite possibly could be the number one team in the country. Good luck with that. And, of course, Mississippi State, uh, I just said that, and it doesn't get any easier for Ole Miss either. They play number 14 Texas Tech after beating Alabama. And then to add to the craziness, Baylor jumped to number 5. Oklahoma dropped to number 11, losing to TCU. Uh, Oregon dropped to number 12 with its loss to Arizona. And how about Rich Rodriguez? How happy is he to be out of Michigan and with the number 10 Wildcats? I think he's quite content where he is. Thank you very much. LSU dropped out of the top 25 for the first time since, I don't know, the invention of the horseless carriage, uh, making today's LSU-Florida game irrelevant. Imagine that a few years ago, saying that the LSU-Florida game would not matter. And then there's baseball this past week. How surprising was that? The two uh, Los Angeles area teams, probably the class of their leagues all year long, they're gone. The Angels, the Anaheim Angels, swept, embarrassed by the Kansas City Royals, and then the L.A. Dodgers, and Clayton Kershaw looking relatively human in those games against the St. Louis Cardinals. The guys that are supposed to carry those teams did not show up for those series. Like Josh Hamilton, what are you going to do with that contract? I mean, he looked terrible. And then Kershaw losing twice, that that doesn't happen, right? No, you're going into that series. You're feeling pretty good about the Dodgers. You like their rotation. and People are picking Clayton Kershaw for their fantasy football teams. <laughs> uh, you know, you're feeling pretty good about that, but they're gone. And now speaking of the Dodgers, what do you th- is Donnie Baseball done there? Uh, now, I, I was actually very critical of sending Kershaw back out for the seventh inning, despite all the numbers that Mattingly had at his disposal. Yeah, you know, Kershaw was great. You know, he he has a ton of, like I said, a ton of numbers to back up his decision, decision. But I just keep going back to the fact that Kershaw was pitching on three days rest. He gave you six scoreless, 90-plus pitches. I, I still stand behind taking him out. You, he shouldn't have been back out there for the seventh. And you're going to send him out there? You definitely should have taken him out after one hit. Definitely the second. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. You got the best pitcher on the planet probably True. at the moment. He's cruising along. I think you stick with him. I don't think I don't think Mattingly has done anything that really warrants him being fired. No. I, I question sitting Puig, but you know I get it. The guy hasn't hit water had he fallen out of a boat uh, here recently. But 
if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with my best guys, and I probably would have started Puig, but you can't kill a guy because he didn't. Um, but you think of Donnie, and you think of the uh, the tension at the beginning of the year. There was questions if he would even come back. Um, you can wait and see if Donnie's uh, baseball is done out in L.A. Uh, I agree with Darren. I thought also that Kershaw should have been out of that well, game. Well, you guys are wrong, okay? <laughs> and he does see, Manningly does seem to bench Puig every other month or so. Uh, that relationship hasn't been good. But I also don't think there's really anybody out there to replace Don Metting with if you fire him. So I think he stays just by virtue of the replacement might not be any better than what they already have. You know, there's always somebody. There's always a manager available, whether it's at AAA or what. There's always somebody out there. Maybe that hasn't been there in a while, and they give him another shot. There's always an opportunity. You're find a trend now where, like, Players have become managers much more quickly, and there's always got like who thought Mike Matheny would be a manager, but he became one, and guys like that, you know, Brad Ausmus, who would have thought he who, who's going to replace Jim Leyland this Brad, quickly, right? Yeah. And like the trend now is the general managers are having more and more say in what goes on the uh, on the on the field as far as the lineup goes and everything else. And I, I think Mattingly will be okay. You know, who knows? I could be getting my words a week from now, but I don't I don't question the decisions he made in placing Ether. Ether drew two walks. He just he just went brain dead on the base pass. As far as Kershaw goes. If they take him out and the bullpen implodes, well, you should have left Kershaw in there. Mm-hmm. Kershaw didn't lose his game in his series in Game Four. He lost it in Game One. That was the game mm-hmm. where they needed to take momentum. And teams need to know in a five game in a best of five series, you got to win Game One. That's the most important game to win. Period. I think I think if Kershaw's out there, I the way he pitched this year, I am going with him as long as I can. And mm-hmm. I, I don't I can't kill him for taking him out. But you mentioned you think Don will be okay. I'm not sure he wants to go back there. That's the thing. You know, I, you know I, that's a different type of team. There's some weird personalities on that team. I'm not sure he's ever really felt comfortable in that environment. In a boatload of cash that they're paying these guys, over $200 million in payroll. And we've, as we've learned in baseball, that look at all the, the six highest payroll teams in baseball right now are out of the postseason. Think about that. And there's a lot of contracts that are be sitting there for a long, long time that he's got to like make work. I don't make work. I don't know that the window's closing quickly on him necessarily, but at the same time, I don't know that like it w- w- Mattingly will probably get another job. But where would it be a smaller market? I don't know. Yeah, it, you know what? Derek Jeter has retired, so there's no need to talk about baseball anymore. <laughs> True. True. So let's go back to college football because you guys, we mentioned Ole Miss and their win over Alabama. You've seen the images of the goalposts being torn down, marching them down the street. Where do you go with goalposts? (laughs) Where do you, I mean, I've I've seen it. I've seen the pictures showing up on social media. Guy's got him in his dorm or whatever. He's got a piece of the, where are you going with goalposts? College students, you're not thinking that far ahead. You're just trying to tear that thing down. You ever wonder what the cost of that is? Oh, it's got to be expensive. Well, we got it right here. Uh, Ole Miss Athletic Director Russ Bjork I wonder if he's any relation to, like, just plain Bjork, yeah. <laughs> the singer. Ross Bjork asked fans to help pay for the goalposts that they tore down. Each goalpost was $11,000, each one. <laughs> then there's the fine from the conference for storming the field. Now, this was the, the conference assessed the maximum $50,000 fine because this was the third time fans had done so in as many years. <laughs> Plus, there was $3,000 in various sta- uh, miscellaneous stadium repairs, uh, if you add all that up, seventy-five thousand dollars. 
So uh, the athletic director asked the fans to pay for it, and they were clearly willing to do so because they raised the money on one of those websites. Kickstarter. You know, yes, sendmemoneynow.com, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, they raised it in three hours. In fact, after they had raised it, they kept going, and as of 9 a.m. this past Wednesday, they had $92,000, <laughs> over $92,000, uh, presumably to put a little aside for the next big win at home. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the goalposts, they, they they found the one, they cut it up, and this is how, kind of what they were selling to help pay for it. You can get $500, got you three inches of the goalposts. <laughs> $1,000 got you a six-incher. And they also said that they're not going to go after the students who have the other goalposts, which, What? Unless they try to sell it, that is. If they try to sell it, then they're going to go after them. But are are you just giving them a hall pass then? The this, next time, the next big win, well, they're not going to do anything. I'm going to take the goalposts. At this rate, they should just tear them down every week. They're making cash hand over fist on this deal. Well, that might be some. Maybe that's what we can do here. You know, it's funny. College kids are known for a lot of things. Two of the most important are protests and stealing stuff. And the goalposts are a prime example of that. <laughs> and it was hysterical. They brought it to downtown Oxford and just had their way with it. <laughs> it's, it's funny awesome. you say it like that. You say they're stealing the goalposts. They go out there after a game, thousands of them, together steal the goalpost and march it down the street, you know, like some sort of tribal ritual, da 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 you know, they, they got the goalpost. You can only get away with that in college, too. Oh, yeah, the, that happening in the NFL? Yeah, the like, last time it happened no was in way. Buffalo, and it happened twice. It ha- well, it happened three times. It happened in 80 when they beat the it Dolphins. Happened it happened. It happened in 88 when they beat the Jets and won the division for the first time in years, and then they, it happened again in 1990 when they beat the Dolphins, and they tore up the turf, too. <laughs> And uh, it cost lots of money to replace those, and people were yeah. arrested and dragged out of there. This is why we love Dan. I, the stats that he's got. It's amazing. He knows when they tore down the goalposts after a Buffalo Bills. I'm thoroughly impressed right now. I'm very impressed. <laughs> hey, New York Giants cornerbacks, Dominique Rogers cromartie and Prince Amakamura poked fun at the Philadelphia Eagles in advance of this week's big game between the two teams. At an autograph signing, the pair posed for a photo with a Giants fan known as License Plate Guy. Now, I don't know if that's because he collects them or if he makes them, but he, a License Plate Guy was wearing an Eagles jersey with the name Super Bowls across it and the number zero. This is a clear shot at the fact that Philly still has not won a Super Bowl. And, of course, Rogers Cromartie and uh, Mukamara are making zeros with their hands in this photo. Now, the best part about this is a Philadelphia linebacker points out the fact that Cromartie has been there twice and has not won. Right. He ain't got one either. Right. I was going to say. Yeah. He's 0 for 2, poking fun at the Eagles because they don't have one. This this is what social media should be used for. This is this is fun. I love it. Leading up to a big game, dudes just talking junk to each other and coming back and forth. It, it's great. This is awesome. But yeah, but before I get on you for having not won, you'd think maybe that's, I would have had one. That's true. Uh, this is a good comeback, but honestly, it's all in good fun. I, I like it. Let me close with this. I sat in this week to hear that Dan O'Dowd has resigned his role as general manager of the Colorado Rockies. Now, the time was probably right. During his 15 years leading the team, there's only four winning seasons, two postseason appearances. One, of course, was the 2007 World Series where they got pretty much dismissed by the Boston Red Sox. They lost 96 games this year, finishing 28 games behind the Dodgers. But you guys probably don't remember 
because you're young and stupid. Dan Wright, remember, because <laughs> while he's young, he's not stupid. But back in 2006, do you remember when Dan O'Dowd took a little heat? Because he used his Christian faith to sort of build that uh, business model there in Colorado with the team. USA Today did an article on that, and a lot of people got the wrong impression that if you didn't proclaim Christ as Savior, then he wasn't going to hire you. Um, Several players at the time came came out, showed their support for O'Dowd and said, you know, that's not the case. He's looking for guys with integrity. And O'Dowd says this, if people want to interpret character as a religious-based issue, because it appears many times in the Bible, that's their decision. But I believe that character is an innate part of developing an organization. And to me, it is nothing more than doing the right thing at the right time when nobody's looking, nothing more complicated than that. But I remember that about Dan O'Dowd. I remember that um, there were Bibles in the locker room, uh, this is according to the USA Today, but that men's magazines were were prohibited from the locker room and things like Playboy and Maxim and those types of things. So it wasn't that Dan O'Dowd misunderstood article. They said that you know you needed to know Christ, otherwise he wasn't going to bring you on. But all he was saying is, we just want guys with character. That's all we want guys with character. And you think that so often that should associate itself with people who would say they know Christ. You think it would be a, a Christian characteristic, but oftentimes even those guys miss out on having character. Jack Curtis. You don't have to be a Christian (laughs) to make that decision, says O'Dowd. So, Dan O'Dowd, nice knowing you. You've been listening to, well, you're still listening, I hope. You're not going anywhere. It's Benson and those guys. It's brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solution. We have more stuff coming up later in the show. You're listening to ESPN Rochester. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. Together, you and Nathan can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman Financial Advisor today at 585-272-0080. Offices located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated member FINRA and and SIPC. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service home remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows for interior and exterior remodels. No one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070, 585-402-1070, or visit them at www.mcafeeremodeling.com. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions, serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets. Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. 
Roberts Wesleyan College has been providing education for character for nearly 150 years. This year, Roberts moves to NCAA Division II membership and is Rochester's only D2 college. Check out Roberts Wesleyan College at www.roberts.edu or on Facebook and Twitter. Keep aiming higher. Make a difference at Roberts Wesleyan College. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys here on ESPN Rochester. Welcome back to the show. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. There has been a ton of negative news coming out of the NFL all year long, it seems. And with all the negative news, it may have been easy to overlook one of the brightest stories, I think, in all of sports, not just in the NFL, all of sports. Uh, Devin Still, Cincinnati Bengals, did not initially make the team's 53-man roster when camp broke. The Bengals, however, kept him on their roster by adding him to the practice squad for the purpose that he could maintain his health insurance as his daughter battles cancer. On June 2nd, Still's four-year-old daughter Leah had been diagnosed with pediatric cancer. Uh, The team has gone as far as to sell his jersey in their team stores with profits going to cancer research. And Still, after spending just one week on the practice squad, uh, made his way back to the 53-man roster. Doctors at the time had given Leah only a 50-50 chance of survival the beautiful part of the story is what has been happening as as teams and and players rally around them. Give you a couple of examples. The Houston Texans sent uh, young Leah a care package with a lot of different items from the movie Frozen. And who doesn't love the movie Frozen? Love it. It's great. Seen it about a thousand. You times. have kids. You have. <laughs> yeah. It's a rule. The New Orleans Saints bought a number of Stills jersey to support uh, cancer research. And this past week, you could st- uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, the images, I'm sure you probably have. It's been all over the news. It's been on social media. Still was seen on the sideline in tears when members of the New England Patriots cheerleading squad wore his num- uh, Bengals number 75 jersey in tribute to his daughter and did a routine to the tune of Brave. Uh, the Patriots had pieced together a tribute video, played it on the video boards at Gillette Stadium, and owner Robert Kraft said he would donate $25,000 to the Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Man, I, I love this story. And you've seen the, probably the viral video where uh, Leah and Still, uh, he gives her a, a pep talk on their way to the surgery. Uh, just a great, great story. And I love to see how the NFL players, and it, and it goes beyond the NFL, by the way, how they're rallying together around this girl, working together for a greater cause. And it causes me to think, man, what if what 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 if we did that as the body of Christ? You know, you think of the different ministries that are in your church, and I don't know what church you go to, but you think of all the different ministries, if they could work together like the NFL is here, you think of different churches, not even within a church, but different churches, like Shane's over there, he goes to a different church than we do, but we love him, we accept him anyway. Yeah, if only, if only the churches would work together, uh, like the example that we have. You know, with looking at uh, Still and those pictures that we saw, that's appreciation coming from him. And when you see that big old alligator tear coming down, you know, he, that's appreciation from him. And, you know, we're, we're looking at, uh, right right off the bat, Ecclesiastes 4.12 came to mind uh, when I was Hearing about this story, seeing some of the things going on, Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, 
two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And that's just it. That's the, the NFL community, the community in general, coming around still and his daughter and supporting them through this, saying to him, we're there for you. It, that's cool. It's great hearing this story coming out of the NFL. Yeah, it was kind of cool. And just you're, you're exactly right. To see him uh, so emotional on the sideline. And I don't know if that ever been done before where cheerleading squad of Team A is wearing the jersey from somebody of Team B. It was just a, it was really was a beautiful moment. If you haven't seen that video, I'd recommend you go see it. You're listening to Benson and those guys on ESPN Rochester. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. We were talking the other day about home field advantage. We're talking who has the best home field advantage. Recently, Kansas City uh, set the mark as the loudest stadium. Beating, I think it was a game against the Patriots, and they outdid Seattle. And I'm sure this is going to go back and forth. And by the way, this is a no-win situation for me. I have a sister in Seattle who is very excited about the Seahawks, but I also have a sister in Kansas City that is kind of excited about those Chiefs. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of ask you guys, is the 12th man the best advantage? Is that the best home field advantage Let's 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 go beyond football. Is that the best home field advantage in sports? I, I don't know because I was looking up some stats when we were talking about this, trying to figure it out, and I, I came across the Cameron Indoor stats. It's Duke's home court. Their all-time record at home is eight hundred and one fifty-three. Under Coach K, they're four forty-two and fifty-eight. And in the last in their last two hundred games, there they're one eighty-six and fourteen. That's a nine thirty winning percentage. That's insane. I've been to this gym. It's like a glorified. High school gym, you can fit a ton of people in. The Duke fans can actually hang over the opposing team's bench. Like, that's a scary place to play. They have a 109-game winning streak uh, against a non-conference game winning streak. The last time they lost uh, against a non-conference team was in 2000 against St. John's. Like, that is a really tough place to play, and they are very good there, as you can see. You know, the Carrier Dome right down the road in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. That's another one. They get 35,000 people. I, I don't, I, not for, ba- compared, for basketball, yes. For basketball. But, Definitely not football. Yeah. No, no, but, they get 35,000 for football, too, but it's uh, much but more cavernous. <laughs> you, you, you brought up Cameron Indoor as the Duke basketball, yeah. and, and I'm comparing that to Syracuse. Now, I'm, I'm not comparing the two. I understand that it's, it, Duke has got a much more successful record, but 35,000 people for a basketball game is pretty amazing there in Syracuse. Yeah, I've, I've been to both, and, and Syracuse does get loud. I love going to Syracuse games. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I, there's something about Duke to me that was just – it was intimidating. It was scary to be there, honestly, as opposing. Now, you dropped some stats there coming up with your case for Cameron Indoor. Uh, I'm still saying the 12th man is probably pretty significant. I think that is a tough place to go play, but I, br- I got some stats too, Darren. You're not okay. the only right. one. Are they 186 and 14, though, in the last 200 games? You're an idiot. <laughs> 186. I was a little surprised because we think about Seattle, and, and this this may have changed here in the last week or two. We had this discussion a couple of weeks ago. Home record in the NFL since 2012, Seattle is 17-1. Denver is 16-2, though. They're right behind them. There's only one game difference. You get it to the high altitude of Denver. 15-2, the New England Patriots, also right behind Seattle. There's a fourth team at 14-4. and four. Do you guys have any idea who it is? The Bills. No. Oh, man. Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals are 14-4 and four at home. 
since 2012. I bet you Shane likes that being a Steelers fan. Dan, what is your what? What do you think is the best home field advantage of sports? Uh, Duke's a great one. Uh, it, it, thank it, it, you. It really is. I know it's been used. Uh, you know, the twelfth man's huge. But here's the thing: when they were in the kingdom, they weren't pulling off that same thing. And I think the kingdom had just as was just as loud. Uh, the advantage Seattle now has is a quarterback, which they didn't have before Russell Wilson came to town. You know, uh, Peyton Manning, quarterback in Denver, and before but before that, there was Tim Tebow who was able to win games. But again, there was you know, it, home field advantage really comes down to you got a quarterback or not in football. That's really what it what it amounts to. Uh, as far as like home field advantage. You know, I don't think it matters much in hockey. I really don't. Baseball, you know, remember when Minnesota had the uh, the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome and they could pack that place for the World Series? I mean, that to me was like... The garbage bags. Exactly. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, it was like you weren't going to come out of there alive. Or even in Toronto when the Jays were going to the World Series. I think home field advantage, though, is strictly based. It's just one more extra thing you could add when your team is good. Yeah, I think you're right. I I don't agree with you about the quarterback thing. If you're going to win, you need the quarterback. I get that. Russell Wilson has a whole new dimension. Mm -hmm. But he's not on the field when the 12th man is really at their best. They are making it very difficult on the opposing team's offense. Yeah, You know who also makes it really difficult on the opposing team's offense? Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and, you know. Uh, right, yeah, they have a, they have a great defense. Okay, but if I'm going to employ your argument, then I'm going to say, well, okay, Duke's basketball team is what makes that so good. I'm just, yeah, it is. Here's the thing. Last year, I mean, if uh, Colin Kaepernick makes a better throw to, to Michael Crabtree, we're not yeah. talking about the home field advantage of the Seattle Seahawks. It's nice. It's a great thing, but I don't think it's the ultimate deciding factor. See, when you hand your defense a lead, they can get in track stances no, and take off on you. You're not going to take the New you. York Jets up to Seattle and say, okay, that's your home team, and they say, okay, the Jets are going to win, which, by the way, tweet of the week. I, I sent it to you guys where – uh, what is it, not so attractive, Rob Lowe? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've seen those commercials. Creepy, creepy Rob Lowe, right? Yeah, yeah, but this is not so attractive, Rob mm -hmm. Lowe. And the tweet was, he scores more than the New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what do you think? Home field event. Who's got the best? I was looking through some numbers, uh, and I'm going with the University of Phoenix Stadium, where the Arizona Cardinals play. Uh, really? While the Seahawks lead the NFL in opponent false starts at home since 2005. They've only been in the top five in that category twice in the last five years. They had a couple of big years that really padded those numbers. The Cardinals have been in the top five in opponent false starts at home each of the last four years. They led the league in 2010 in that penalty category. And they have the biggest disparity between their home and away records over the last five years. Last five years, the Cardinals were 21-12 and 12 at home, but just 9-24 and 24 on the road. I'm drowning in stats over here. You guys are killing me. Shane, who, best home field advantage? Well, first off, I, let me say, I let me hear it. It's going to be Heinz Field. I don't believe anything you say about the Cincinnati Bengals. I think you're just saying that because I'm a Methodist. So I'm, <laughs> you know, not going to believe that. But again, no surprise. I'm going with home field advantage for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There not, we go. Not so much because of Heinz Field, but I don't know if there's any team that travels as well as the Pittsburgh Steelers. This past week in Jacksonville, Jacksonville sold out 75,000 tickets, and we all know there is no such thing as 75,000 Jacksonville Jaguar fans. It's, it's proof every week when they're there and you see the terrible towels and uh, the here we go Steelers chants going on. They're the best travel team in the NFL, Pittsburgh, by far. I'm not going to do that. I would agree, but I was amazed watching the Texans-Cowboys this oh, past yes, week. Oh, yes, definitely. I was shocked at how many Houston fans filled up 
Dallas State. Well, Tony Romo had to go to a silent count on his own field. What does that tell you? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, we're we're sitting here talking about best home field advantage, and the biggest homer I have ever known in my life, Shane over here, is talking about how good the, the, the Steelers travel. Who cares? We're talking about home field advantage, man. Uh, that's a good point. We are talking about home field. Such a homer. But man, if you could t- if you could turn the opponent stadium into a that's home true. stadium, like they did, like when with that, Houston, and when seventy five percent of the crowd I, is a Houston Texans fan in Dallas. I actually have a really sad story. In two thousand three, I went to Cam- uh, Camden Yards for a Yankees Orioles game, and it wasn't me. But there were more Yankees fans there than Orioles fans at the time. The Orioles were terrible. These jerk Yankee fans actually made like a six year old cry, and him and his dad left the game like. That was basically a home game for the for the Yankees back then. The home crowd's fans were leaving in tears. Like that's that's terrible. Shane, were you going to add something there? We all know that was definitely Darren making the six year old cry. <laughs> he sent out a video of where his he's trying to teach his daughter how to play basketball, and she goes up for the shot, and he just completely blocks it, rubs it in her face. Definitely him making six year olds cry. That was the best block of my life. I demolished that thing. Yeah, you gave up father of the year <laughs> by making that block. And he bought himself a trophy. She's got to earn it, man. I'm not going to just let her score. I can't imagine living in that house. No. <laughs> oh, good night. All right, coming up later in the program, we got more stuff. Bro, brothers and sisters, do <laughs> us a favor. As we go to break, take a note of our sponsors. Support them by giving your business. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, on ESPN Rochester. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. Together, you and Nathan can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman Financial Advisor today at 585-272-0080. Offices located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated member FINRA and SIPC. Darren here, the unreasonable one. I try to have fun on the air with Benson and those guys, but I want you to know that I'm serious about his message. I really do want people to hear about Jesus Christ, and I love that we can use sports to help spread that message. You know that I love sports, but I hope you also know how important the gospel of Jesus Christ is. If you enjoy the program, please tell others about us, and if you believe that using sports to share biblical principles can be effective, then perhaps you can help us cover the cost of being on this station. You can go to our website, btgprogram.com, and make a one-time donation or even become a recurring supporter. And to show our appreciation, if you can give $25 or more, we'll send you a t-shirt as a way to say thank you. Being a part of this program has meant a lot to me. Your continued prayers are appreciated. And as always, thanks for listening to Benson and Those Guys. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys here on ESPN Rochester. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. This week, the NHL kicked off. Our favorite sport 
Darren loves it. Boring. Love the NHL. How can you say the NHL is boring? I like going to the games live, but it's just the one sport I just don't care to follow or watch on TV. Well, they kick off this week, and I I want to I want to find out. We're going to do our little preview here. Zach is our resident hockey expert. He loves the sport. He really really gets behind hockey. Let me. Do you like hockey more than you like baseball? At this point, I might. Because as a Yankees fan, they've been almost unwatchable for the majority of this past season. I'm, I enjoy watching hockey more than I enjoy watching the Yankees at this point. You sound like a pretty fair weather fan there. Let me uh, ask you then, Zach. Let, let me, I want to get your final four. Give me two teams that will come out of the East, two teams that will come out of the West. In the Western Conference Final, I have the LA Kings, which I think everyone expected, and I have the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars. The the Kings are the returning champs. They've got almost the entire roster returning from last year. They led the league in Corsi, which just measures how long you possess the puck. Um, you can't score on them if you don't have the puck, which their opponents don't most of the time. But I also, um, the Stars were a surprise playoff team last year. They, they got, barely got there. They got good goaltending from Kerry and They had uh, some impact rookies that are very exciting. And uh, they had just added Tyler Sagan. They had him and Jamie Benn. Now they've added uh, Jason Spezza and Alice Hemsky. And I, I think they're legit, and I think they're getting better, and I think they're going to surprise some people. All right, you got Stars Kings out of the West. Who you got coming out of the East? Out of the East, I don't think anyone's shocked to hear that I have the Rangers. Um, they have the best goaltender on the planet. They have some big-name scorers. Uh, they finally added a power play quarterback in Dan Boyle. The power play should be better. And uh, as my my other team is all another surprise team. I have the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I know will make you happy. Yeah, I I like the Lightning. I don't know that, that that's all all that much of a surprise. They were they were kind of I thought a surprise playoff team last year because Stamkos had been hurt for so long. Saint Louis was traded at the deadline, and there wasn't a, a name on that team that you could look to for scoring. But they just kept rolling along and kept rolling along, and they locked up the number three seed. Now a lot and, of people though are. are Liking the Lightning this year. You're hearing a lot of experts and professionals really digging what the Lightning done. Now, this should be fun. I want to ask Darren the same question. Darren, I, I don't even know if Darren is going to be able to name two teams. This is going to be bad. Yeah, give me two teams coming out of the West. The West? Well, who did Zach just mention? The Kings? They were good. I know they were in the Stanley Cup last year. Well done. Right? Yeah. Are, are the Winnipeg Jets still in the NHL? Are they West? They've been a couple times. Yeah, they, they're, oh, okay. They're good. back. Go Jets. So you, you like the Jets. Yeah, they're in the West, right? They are, Darren. Good for me. Good for me. That's uh, one team. Give me another. That I you, just said the LA Kings. All right. All right. I didn't, you're, you're riding Zach's coattails. I totally am. I, Who do you got coming no, out of the no, East? No, I got a West team. The Phoenix Coyotes. Is Jeremy Roenick still playing for them? <laughs> Great. <laughs> awesome. I knew a hockey name. We're gonna we're gonna leave the Kings penciled in for you. <laughs> who right. who do you have in the East? The Sabers, obviously. They're gonna be so improved this year. They're gonna win ten games. Uh, and I don't uh, I don't know any other East teams. Oh, the Devils, just because I want them to beat the Rangers, and I can just troll Zach with that. Uh, Shane, Zach made the Dallas Stars sound good. 
Uh, so I'll go with them. I, I'm still learning about hockey myself. Um, uh, okay. And okay. so so Winnipeg Jets, um, just because to hear D- Darren say that he likes the Jets, he made that sound good. So that that would be good. I think this is like a train wreck yeah. right here. And, and then the East. Um, so that's like Mississippi over towards the Atlantic. You don't have to explain it anymore. Yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm going with um, – Can you shut his mic off? We'll, we'll, we'll go with Washington. There we go. That's what we're looking for, because you can't listen. Uh, that was horrible. Are the is there an Oilers team? The heart? No, that, I swear there was a hack. Edmonton Oilers. Oilers. Edmonton, Edmonton. Thank you. Oh, that was Hartford. They only won a, oh, a handful of cups with okay. Wayne Gretzky. I couldn't care less about how. How do you not know that? Yeah, but how do you not know that? I just don't care. Just by accident, by osmosis. Basketball is on during. He asked us then the other night. We're out. We're having some wings, kind of going over some of the topics we're going to talk about. And we were saying, you know, maybe we'll go over this. We didn't really get too deep in it. But the one thing I do remember him asking was, are the Whalers still a team? Where are they out of? I I think I like them. It was was troubling. Yeah, they are still a team, though they're not called the Whalers anymore. I'm going to give you my two teams coming out of the West, my two teams out of the East, and we're going to get out of this segment because this is killing us. Zach, I, I think you would agree. The, the league is somewhat – there's a lot of parity. There's a lot of teams that are kind of on equal footing, and I think what's going to really make the difference this year is goaltending. And I, 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 like everybody else in the world, I like the L.A. Kings. I think Jonathan Quick makes a big difference there. Uh, I like the Chicago Blackhawks. They've been there for several years. I don't see them going anywhere. Totally agree. Um, yeah. <laughs> a couple of sleepers out west, so I kind of like the Ducks. I like the changes they've made. I, you know, I think San Jose could be good. Um, out of the East, it's the Rangers, the Bruins, the Lightning. And I go back and forth. I, I think the Bruins are going to be there, and either the Lightning or the Rangers, because uh, the Rangers have the best goaltender. Ever, you know, who who would you say are the Rangers' biggest rival? The, the Devils. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, I, right now, probably the. The Devils. It was always the Islanders. Oh, the it Islanders. was some great was another one. classic. Yeah, I'm rooting for both of them this year, just so I control you and Zach. Zach, I'm going to ask you because you're the only intelligent hockey person in the room. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the Sabers. Is there anything as as local fans can we get excited about for the Sabers this year? They'll definitely be better than last year, um, mainly because it's nearly impossible to be worse than they were last year. <laughs> uh, they were me, the only team in the league not to score a hundred goals last year. Give me, give me one guy. Who are we gonna? Who at the end of the year are we gonna be excited that this guy was on the Sabers? Man, this guy was he was fun for us to watch this year. I'm gonna give you two, and it's Josh Georges and Andres Mazaros. They really overhauled the defense. Uh, the defense was. One of the worst parts of the team last year, and those are two guys that they brought in. You may not know who they are now, but keep an eye on them. can't even pronounce those names. Don't they have somebody like Bob Kelly or Jim Ryan or some normal name? Who gets excited about defensive players? I want to know people that are going to score goals. Bobby Orr was a defenseman. Oh, right back at you. Face. Yeah. Here's, Here's something exciting from the world of hockey. The New York Islanders, my... My team, my Islanders, plan to unveil an updated version of their infamous fisherman, fisherman logo uniforms. Do you remember those uniforms they wore back in 95, 96, somewhere in there? Mm-hmm. They they were awful, and they're bringing them back. They're going to wear them uh, during a game at some point, maybe just for the warm-up portion, and they're going to auction them off for charity. But 
I want to get my hands on one of those. April Fool's Day, is that when they're going to wear them? Uh, do you remember those? How they were, awful they were. They were, were awful. They, they really were. Uh, I came across the worst jersey I've ever seen this week, and it was the Pirates with the it was red jersey with the big pirate face on it. How awful there, were there those? There have been some awful those jerseys. Those were terrible. Though. Those were for, I would think, I was at that game. It was a turn back the clock They're uniform. So bad. It was a future. It was a futures game. Oh, and they had to man. wear these gold hats. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, ESPN, Rochester. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. Together, you and Nathan can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Looking for custom-made apparel for your team, your family, or your business? Look no further than Match Play Custom Apparel. Great design, great selection, great prices. You can order online, call, email, or stop in. It's at 439 Central Avenue in Rochester. Match Play Custom Apparel. You can visit them online at matchplaycustomapparel.com. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Any design, any team, any logo, they'll do it. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets. Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service home remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows for interior and exterior remodels. No one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070, 585-402-1070, or visit them at www.mcafeeremodeling.com. Roberts Wesleyan College has been providing education for character for nearly 150 years. This year, Roberts moves to NCAA Division II membership and is Rochester's only D2 college. Check out Roberts Wesleyan College at www.roberts.edu or on Facebook and Twitter. Keep aiming higher. Make a difference at Roberts Wesleyan College. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys here on ESPN Rochester. Welcome back to the program. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. As we're at break, we give you another insight as to what happens when we're at break. Darren says to Dan, you know, we're talk- going back to an earlier segment in the show. We're talking about best home field advantage. Darren brought up Cameron in Indoor Arena. And, and he says, you know, I had a game there. I, I had to play. I never said I played there. I oh, got to Now watch. the backpedaling. Yeah. <laughs> you said I had a game there. Dan says, I, you played? I had a game there. Oh, okay. You, yeah, you're just trying to troll me right now, and it's not working. No, it's working, because I know what you said, and Dan was like, oh, man, you played. I was very quick to tell him I did not play. And then we're having the other discussion as we're at break. Uh Trying to figure out, Darren doesn't like hockey. Shane apparently is just getting into it. Zach 
just you remember a few weeks ago, uh, maybe a couple months at this point, signed a free agent uh, deal with the Toronto Raptors to be a fan of their team in mm-hmm. the NBA. These guys don't, none of them really follow college sports. Dan, I can only look to you. You're the, and then you broke my heart and said, you don't like watching hockey. You know, when I was younger, growing up near Buffalo, I mean, the winters were long. And so uh, we <laughs> yeah. had to watch hockey at the time when there was an Adams division and a Wales conference and all that stuff. And the division champion wasn't crowned until halfway through the playoffs. Remember that? Um, and the Sabres would be ousted in the first round by either the Bruins or Montreal. They took their turns every year. And Mike Foligno was like the most recognizable Buffalo Sabre. And then eventually, you know, when you're at that point, the Yankees had stunk. The Bills were losing Super Bowls. I'm like, I can't only take so much pain in one season, in one year. <laughs> so I kind of just like drifted off with the Sabres a little bit after after high school, really. And so, but I never really got into hockey. So you would say you're a baseball fan, you're a basketball fan, you're a football fan. You're not really a sports fan because you only have certain ones that you follow. Well, I mean, okay, well, I'm not a soccer fan. Does that qualify me as not a sports fan, or yeah, does this yeah. soccer even qualify as a sport? Benson's a self-proclaimed soccer hater, so you're not a sports fan no, either. No, we have, we, have, we have it on tape, how I came around. I got on board with the World Cup. I got a jersey. Soccer's where it's at, baby. To me, hockey's how- like soccer on ice. Who, how, how's Manchester United doing right now in soccer? I think they're doing all right. <laughs> they're worth some money. They're a pretty uh, wealthy franchise. You guys, on a serious note, uh, saw this in the news this week. In Anaheim, police looking for three men suspect, uh, suspected of beating a 43-year-old man in the stadium parking lot as he and the relative were walking to their car. Now, in fairness, I don't know if that has anything to do with the game, it just happened to be outside the stadium. Uh, but the incident obviously brings to memory the 2011 incident outside Dodger Stadium where Giants fan Brian Stowe was beaten after a game to the point where he suffered brain damage uh, and is personal, uh, permanently disabled. And you just kind of think, what in the world is going on that you have to fight over sports? Another incident, two brothers in California charged with felony assault. Uh, over vicious beating at, at a 49ers game in a dispute over an open bathroom stall. And the part that makes this story so horrifying is the people that stand around with their cell phones videotaping it and putting it over uh, YouTube and these other areas, several bystanders. Uh, the vi- one of the victims has undergone surgery to remove part of his skull to relieve pressure oh, on, his whole, on a swollen brain and may face permanent uh, Paralysis. paralysis. What in the world is going on? And I know this. I'm not limiting this to just outside because Zach, you told an account. You went. Was it a preseason football game you were at? Uh, Somebody was yelling vulgarities at at a kid or something because they wore the opposite team's jersey. Uh, I was uh, I was at a game, the Chargers Bills game recently. Where they were, my entire section was chanting vulgarities at a Chargers fan walking up the aisle. You know, I can never understood that. You pay the same money, whether you know you live somewhere else. I'm paying the same money. I'm going to go see my team. I don't want to be harassed, but Bills fans are infamous for doing this. Bills fans are terrible, and I I, I went to the the Thursday night game between the the Bills and the Dolphins a couple of years ago. And I said I'll never go back. I'm I'm so tired of the culture. 
at those games. You can't even get into the bathroom without people trying to get in fights. Like I saved the Dolphins fan life because he got shoved into this big dude. Dude turns around just assuming he just ran into him, grabs him by the throat, and is about to knock him out. I'm like, dude, no, he you know he got pushed. Like this is constant at Bills games. You can't take sports that seriously. Yes, you control the other team's fans a little bit, tell them that they stink, whatever. But when you get into the point of physical violence, you, you want to be it. careful. Where and I know this is we talk in generalities. It's it. I, I understand it's a few fans, and we lump everybody in. Well, Bills fans are this way, or Dodgers fans are this way, and it's not really everybody. But it does make the event. Oh, I have no desire to go back to a professional football game anytime soon, simply because for the same thing Darren just said, I am not going to endure that. Fan behavior, I believe, is a misplaced priority on sports. We are putting sports in a place that it ought not to be. It is so important. We have to win, or it's so important. You need to root for my team. Or Now, I'll say this. Alcohol is a big problem, but that ain't going anywhere because of the money that these alcohol companies put into it. But that's a big part of the problem. I think I saw something somewhere that Bills fans are the drunkest fans in the NFL. Drunkest fans in the NFL. Yeah. So that's according a- to a, a guy who wrote a book about he did, he did the ultimate tailgates. I forgot, yeah. I, forgot, I forgot what the name of the book was called, but he went all over every NFL stadium and said that Bills fans by far are the drunkest. And he, oh, okay. he used several stadiums to prove this because he didn't just visit the Ralph. He visited other stadiums where Bills fans showed up and happened to be the opponent that day. And oh, Bills geez. fans were still the drunkest people. That and I'm sure there's a number of people that are proud of that fact, man. Just, you know, where, where the... It, it's well, a terrible I mean, statement. Well, they start Saturday night. I mean, it's almost like a stop on a Saturday night to Sunday morning. Hey, we got a game. I mean, that's that's how that's how nutty these guys are because you know you go to these bigger cities. There's other things to do on the weekend besides football. In yeah. Buffalo, it's football. That is the that is the crown jewel of your weekend. Is is that Sunday afternoon at one, at one Bills drive and they're there and they're just continuing their Saturday night party. You know, I was I watched a guy order a beer. He goes to get his money out of his pocket, and he, his back pocket. He's so drunk that he actually falls forward, hits his face on the counter, and they still gave him the beer. Like, and you're wondering why your fans act like morons. Yeah, that al- could be it. Alcohol is certainly part of the problem. But like I said, that's not going anywhere because of the money that the alcohol companies give to the leagues, to the teams. It, it means a lot to their to their bottom, you know, to the to the final number that they bottom come line. Out. It's bottom out. line. Yeah, it's 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 uh, sports fanatics times alcoholism equals what you have in those events and those fights. I mean, I've seen like adults, grown adults, yelling at kids wearing Dolphins jerseys at Bills games. It's it's ridiculous. Okay. And my father, like when I was seven years old, took me to my first Bills game. It was Bills Patriots. He would not take me to a game. Throughout the four Super Bowl uh, years, he didn't take me to another game until I was 14. Went seven whole years because he did not believe it was a place for a child. And he's absolutely yeah, right. I like sports. I, I enjoy sports. But here's the thing. It's not a God to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the very first commandment, thou shalt no other gods before me. You know, this is something that and when we put things in front of God, we get a misplaced priority. I'm going to tell you a quick story where I got convicted one time putting God uh, putting things above God. I want the Yankees were in a playoff game. This was the first time in a while. This is uh, mid nineties. They're in a playoff game. I had not been. I I was I blew off. I was supposed to work in youth group that night. I blew it off to go stay home. Now listen, these were young kids, and we all know until you're junior high, you're not really worth anything. So it's not like I was really you know <laughs> give it. I'm kidding, um, but I made sure there was coverage. 
They're not running around with scissors or, you know, doing all this sort of stuff. I made sure there was coverage. But even so, I stayed home and watched the game. But I can tell you that the conviction I felt that I placed that over my duty, my thing that I had volunteered to do, I placed that over God in that instance. I didn't enjoy the game. I've never done that again. I like sports. We use it as a tool, as a vehicle to talk about spiritual things, to talk about Christ. But we need to check ourselves uh, when you start putting things above God. And that's what this is a result of. This kind of behavior is so out of whack because the priorities are so out of whack. Shane, you're going to add something to that? Yeah, that's, that's nothing new, Benson. I mean, you take a look at the Old Testament, and the Old Testament is pretty much made up of one story, and that is God's people turning away from him and worshiping false idols. And God wants us to turn back, to worship him, to for him to be our you know, our whole focus is to be on him. And for whatever reason, we're bent towards that worshiping other things other than God and, and sports included. You know, I, I remember, you know, when I was little, I, w- I was watching a Steelers game and they had the worst game ever. And my sister, you know, she liked to antagonize me like older sisters do. And she just started going off on about how the Steelers were terrible. They didn't, you know, they weren't a good team. And I got so worked up that I kicked her with everything that I had. And I got into big time trouble. My parents sat me down, talked to me about how that's not okay, that sports are not that important. And from that moment on, you know, I, I've realized, you know, sports are what they're there for, entertainment, for, for our fun. It's not not something to make a priority to get that worked up over. Benson, you were talking about getting convicted about watching the Yankees game. And like recently I, I became convicted over something. I, I enjoy softball. I've talked about it a few times on the show. It's all I have left at 30 years old, really. I'm not really an athlete anymore. But I, I went back and I counted how many softball games I played this year in between my le- my summer leagues, my fall leagues, tournaments, subbing for teams, for, you know, my friends' teams. I, I played somewhere around 50 to 60 softball games this year. Then you add the nights that we, we meet to prep for the show, and then, you know, Saturday mornings we meet to, to record the show. Like, that's, you know, roughly, you know, 70 to 80 nights, evenings, and a couple of days that I've been out of the house, away from my family. It's all been sports-related. Are sports inherently a bad thing? No, but I, I, I came to a point this summer where I made them a god in my life almost, and... My wife and I are not in a terrible place. We're not going to get divorced or anything like that. But I'd be lying if I said, you know, our our relationship's never been better. And that's my fault because I put sports up on a pedestal and I worshipped it. And I've spent so much time with it this summer that my home life has suffered because of it. I think when you see these stories in the news, and they're horrible stories, and you think about it, that if God were in the right place, if God was a priority to these people— and I don't know what their relationship is with God. I don't know if I, I would tend to think they don't have one based on the results here. But if they were in the right place, this outcome, people getting beat up over an open bathroom stall, that's not going to happen. Nothing is to come before God, not sports, not careers, not anything. And, and by that, it means that God's not just added to our life. It's not like, I'm going to take all the sports, I'm going to take all the softball, I'm going to take all this stuff, and yeah, I'll take God too, because that's a good thing. No, it means we're not just adding God. We don't just add Jesus to the life we already have. When you understand that he gave his life to save you from your sins, and we give him every part of our life, 
We realize, man, that's a huge price. We turn our life over, and we put nothing above that relationship with God. We don't compromise our testimony, and so often we do. We slip. We mess up. Uh, But, man, these types of stories really, uh, I I guess, make me sad sometimes to be a sports fan. Zach, what do you— I just think back to a situation that that I've had where I I had an argument with someone— over sports, uh, it, was, it was a seemingly in- innocent comment, and it snowballed out of control. And that person said they want nothing to do with Christianity or Christians because I was a Christian and I was capable of the type of things that I said to him. And that really eats at me still today. And I, uh, I mean, for me, it was a chance to check myself and try to correct that. But it's it's unfortunate that so often things like that happen. We need to live a Christ-like life, and sometimes. Our priorities get in the way of that, what we decide to do. Uh, we need to live our life throughout the week the same way we do on Sunday morning mm-hmm. when we are in church and not let sports get in the way. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. If you have a pest problem, call those people, and you're not going to have that problem anymore. I'm going to go over my pest of the week. It is Cincinnati Bengals safety George Iloka, I think I've said that right, he expresses dissatisfaction with fans who gave up on the team after Sunday night's 43-17 loss to the Patriots. Here's the deal, he says, uh, let them jump off the bandwagon. I'm not worried about the people who jump off. They're the Cincinnati Bengals. They haven't won a Sunday night game since 2004. Hey, George, maybe maybe win a couple of big games here and there before you start getting on fans for thinking, here we go again. My pest of the week is Bengals safety, George Loca. Uh, mine's the Buffalo Bills and Jim Schwartz for endorsing it earlier in the season. Uh, they carried him off the field uh, on their shoulders because they beat the Lions. I don't care that Schwartz used to coach the Lions and all that nonsense. You're an NFL team who just won a week five game, not the Super Bowl. Act like you've done it before. My pest of the week is laser pointer guy from the Detroit Lions and shining the light in Kyle Orton's eyes and also Dan Carpenter's eyes. And then going ahead and posting it on Twitter that it was him. He is now facing charges for that. My pest of the week is the Washington Nationals, just because I really wanted to see them in the World Series. Now they're not going to be there. That's it. My pest of the week, the Jets quarterbacks. Enough said. That's it. And those guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Darren here, the unreasonable one. I try to have fun on the air with Benson and those guys, but I want you to know that I'm serious about his message. I really do want people to hear about Jesus Christ, and I love that we can use sports to help spread that message. You know that I love sports, but I hope you also know how important the gospel of Jesus Christ is. If you enjoy the program, please tell others about us, and if you believe that using sports to share biblical principles can be effective, then perhaps you can help us cover the cost of being on this station. You can go to our website, btgprogram.com, and make a one-time donation or even become a recurring supporter. And to show our appreciation, if you can give $25 or more, we'll send you a t-shirt as a way to say thank you. Being a part of this program has meant a lot to me. Your continued prayers are appreciated. And as always, thanks for listening to Benson and those guys.